This is a Burn FM podcast. The Selly Sportscast from Redbrick and Burn FM. Your go-to for West Midlands sport. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Selly Sportscast, a brand new podcast all about sport in both the University of Birmingham and the wider West Midlands area. This podcast is a collaboration between Redbrick Sport and Burn FM Sport. I'm Morgan Edwards, the Deputy Head of Sport for Burn FM, and joining with me today are Jack and Kit. Hey, fellas, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Do you, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Kit. I'm as Morgan said, I'm one of the sports editors for Redbrick, going to the third year of a history degree, and yeah, looking forward to getting on with this podcast. Yeah, and I'm Jack. I'm also a Redbrick sport editor. Um, I've written for Redbrick for over a year now, and I'm going into my third year history as well. Very nice. So this podcast in general, um, you're going to have different hosts each week, essentially, or each episode, isn't it? So there's there's quite a few of us over at Red Brick Sport and Burn FM Sport. So we'll be we'll be mixing it up. You'll have different hosts each week or each episode, I should say. We're going to plan to release the episodes every kind of two weeks. I think is the plan, isn't it, guys? So yeah, perhaps should we just get to know each other a bit, but a little bit more? I think we know each other, obviously, but the, the listeners need to. Let's go for it. Yeah. yeah, they need to know a bit more about us. So uh, I'll get, start with you, Jack. What is your favourite sport, and what's your favourite sporting memory? Yeah, so I've I've kind of grown up around sport. So I'm I'm quite a sporty person. I've, I'm I'm into football, tennis, cricket, all that lot. But um, I'd probably say my main my main um, sport is football. Um, definitely, um, my main sport in memory. Um, I've got quite a lot to pick from. It'd probably have to be the Champions League victory for Man United in 2008. Obviously, I wasn't at the game in Moscow, but watching the game with my family, which is the United family, was, was great. So, yeah, definitely probably that. Nice. What about you, Kit? Uh, yeah, so like Jack, I've, I've been like embracing sport my whole life. Played a lot of football, rugby and cricket, mainly when I was younger. Going for a bit of a basketball phase at the moment. The last couple of years, that's the sport I play the most now. I nice. played uh, the NBA quite closely, but I'd say my favourite sports in memory, not niche at all, would probably be Eric penalty against Columbia, purely because if I said something like Jose Fonte's last minute winner at Brighton, no one would understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. I go obvious, um, Jack will second that, I know what, what amazing moment. moment, so yeah, keep it simple, Eric Dars penalty. Nice. And a um, bit about me then. So uh, my favourite sports are rugby, Formula One, American football. So I think we've got all the bases covered between us three for this episode. But um, I think my sport, my favourite sporting memory, which is something I, I talk about later on in, in one of the uh, the uh, interviews that we've done, which I'll speak a little bit about in a minute. But um, my favourite sporting memory is uh, my usual go to is when Wales beat England in the 2013 uh six nations to kind of steal the grand slam away from england um you probably can't tell but I, i'm welsh myself so uh, i'm a big big welsh rugby fan you so, managed yeah. to mention that twice now morgan so <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so a little bit more about these episodes in general so e- each week we're each episode I, I keep saying that each episode we plan on uh on interviewing um someone different someone sports related whether that's just someone who plays sport in the university of birmingham someone who's a coach or or, or whatever 
But th- for this first episode, we um, interviewed Rob Hegarty. He's the Guild Sports Officer for the University of Birmingham. Um, and we had a great chat with him. So uh, here's what he had to say. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. So it's it's good, Morgan thanks. here and we've got Kit with us as well. Hey, Kit. Hi, guys. How are we all doing? All good. Yeah, yeah good, thanks. Good. Just want to say it's an absolute pleasure to be included in this. I'm really excited for the uh, for the podcast. Yeah, we're, we're really excited to have you. Thank you for, for joining us. Um, we're just going to open with a with a getting to know you section, really, just so we, you know, we want to get to know all of our guests before, before we start the actual deep questions. So... First of all, we're just going to ask you, uh, you know, who are you? What's your role? And can, can you tell us a bit about your degree? You know, have you finished it or are you taking a year out? What, what's going on? All right. So, yeah. So my name is Robert Hegarty. I'm the uh, sports officer at the Guild of Students for this year. Uh, I was elected in, I think it was about February, March time. And yeah, I'm just really excited. I've been in the role for about two months now. Just had uh, just had three years in, uh, in Birmingham. It was great. I did my geography degree, physical geography. Uh, managed to get first. So I was really happy with that. Congratulations. Well and done. yeah, so I wanted to really make a good impact on sport at the university because it was such an essential sort of part of my journey throughout the university and also throughout my whole life. I've seen a lot of the benefits of sports in a wide range. So I used to swim at quite a high level. Um, so I understand sort of the like, performance, the frequent training. Um, I've played rugby pretty much on and off my whole life and especially at university and it's been re- it's just such a great like fun sport to do you can really get into it and it's being a part of a team is fantastic as yeah. well nice. I've also um, I box as well at the university oh, and brilliant. yeah it's been fantastic I've only started that for about a year two years now and so I've got a wide range of sports so I've seen how it can benefit people in so many different ra- ways um yeah, from sounds like you're a level to you know performance level and a team and individual sport, and I sort of want to share that with share those experiences with as many people as possible. Yeah, sounds like you're best person for the job then, with all that experience. To be fair, um, yeah, I was going to ask you um, what your favourite sports are and what what you play, but you've you've already uh, answered that one, so brilliant. Uh, my next <laughs> question was perhaps what what's your favourite sporting memory? So this can be anything that you've been involved with yourself or my answer is always watching Wales beat England in the 2013 Six Nations so it doesn't even have to be something you've done Sorry, yourself. Sorry, how do I how do I end the call now because that can't be anyone's favourite. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one Rob, don't worry. <laughs> I would say probably one of my favourite moments um, one that wasn't me involved would be um, in the 2012 Olympics we managed to get tickets to see uh, the athletics and oh, wow. we watched Usain Bolt win the 200 metres final and it was just a surreal day um yeah and i think it was radisha broke the 800 meter world record that night as well and it was so amazing we all just we went as a family and just the atmosphere of sport and how many people there thinking that i was there and how many millions were watching as well yeah uh, it's probably be something that i'll never ever forget no i'm super jealous i didn't manage to get any tickets kit did you manage to get any tickets for the for the olympics uh, yeah, we got um, we just got volleyball and were absolutely over the moon just to get anything. So I can only imagine what your reaction was when you found out you're going to the athletics and seeing Bolt, Radish, and the rest. So yeah, it must have been amazing. It was yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, we thought we applied for so many. Like my mm. parents are really big on their rowing, and we thought 
we might get one rowing or something like that. But we ended up the one that we did get was the sort of shot in the dark yeah. that we were just being hopeful for. So it was and amazing. That, that's definitely nothing, something that, you know, you'll never forget. Obviously, Usain Bolt will go down in history as one of the best yeah, athletes of all time. And you, you can say that you were there in 2012 when you got some medals, you know? It was fantastic, yeah. All right, uh, I think we'll jump into some, some more juicy questions this time. Yeah, I'll get us going here. Just a little bit more, Rob, about your new position as Guild Sports Officer. So I suppose you've kind of, you've touched on it already as, as to why you wanted to do the role, but maybe you could answer like when you decided this was something you wanted to do, maybe what your campaigning was like, and obviously, most importantly, how did it feel to walk around campus dressed as a shark? <laughs> I was waiting for that one to go. <laughs> I, um, Inevitable. I suppose looking for the role was always something that, since I found out about that there was a role, I kind of was, oh, okay, it was sort of was interesting to me, but I wasn't really sure how it actually worked. And it was when Simon Price did it, I think, two years ago. And I was working, you know, occasionally we'd bump into him and have conversations. It sort of became more and more in my mind. And then it was definitely in the last year when I really decided to look into it. And I was quite friend friendly with um, Josh Doola as well. And he would tell me more about the role and the other things that you do. I think it was then really started to, to come in into this is what I want to do in third year. And then at Christmas, I started looking into it, making all the contacts, saying, you know, the elections are coming in a bit of time. What do people want? Then I I suppose the campaign was quite tough. It's a, it's a very intense week. And obviously, being in third year, you've got a lot of studies that you sort of need to, to put on hold almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still, that was it, it was good fun to to walk around in that shark costume. <laughs> and well, I, I couldn't really think of something else to rob something at Hegarty and, and you could get a shark costume online. So I thought, hey, how about rob the hammerhead Hegarty? And it it was fairly cheap as well. So I was like, oh, go on. <laughs> and that was quite good fun, walking around like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it worked, didn't it, obviously, given that you were elected. Uh, I think what's what's so weird for me about thinking about these positions is I would know nothing about it. So like you said, it, you know, you'd, you'd have to do some research for a few months, I guess, just to figure out what the actual role is. You would. And it's, it's a lot of it is speaking to the officers at the time and seeing what problems they have. And the, the role is actually very broad. So although I was going for the sports officer, I was quite I was quite thrilled to find out that you do a lot of other stuff. So, mm. for example, you um, you chair the Ethical Environmental Committee, which is all about how we can be more sustainable um, you work closely with a lot of the part-time officers and there's just many other sort of like strings to the bow of the, uh, of the job that, um, are fantastic really. Yeah. And a I'm bit quite more thrilled experience. to find yeah. that out. Yeah. And it's something that you didn't necessarily expect to happen, but that's, that's brilliant. Um, so how are you finding the role so far? How are you settling in? I guess it must be quite weird starting it remotely. It was actually, um, it's great so far, and I love the team that I work with. We're all very enthusiastic, um, the full-time officers and the part-time officers that I've spoken to. Everyone's really keen. We're all aware of the challenges that we have ahead. It's, it has been weird, I must admit, just doing it on Zoom and Skype and Microsoft Teams, because a lot of us in the team, we've never actually met in person, so you're doing most of your introductions on online. Yeah. And... Yeah. It's fine now, now that we've all met, but it was at the start, it's, you know, finding out people's interests because you don't really have those conversations where you both bump into each other when you are on the way to work or, yeah. you know, you meet at lunchtime to grab a coffee and some food. You know, it's very much 
you know, you're in your meetings and that's you're speaking in that capacity. But our team are quite good. We've tried to organise once or twice a week where we just chat. Like Friday afternoons at four o'clock, we try to, if we're all free, you know, chat about our weeks and just get to know each other a bit better because I think that's kind of essential for working together. Yeah, and just adding on that, Rob, I think for most university students, August in particular is the month with minimal university work. So I'm just curious as to, especially since, as you say, you can't meet in person, does this time of year for you as an officer team become even more important as you plan for the coming year, whatever whatever that may look like? Yes, essentially. So I was thinking that these months might be a little bit quieter these summer months before, and then when students yeah. return to campus, it would then you know, kick up. But I think it's almost the opposite because this is sort of the big planning phase where you need to set everything in motion. And obviously I can't compare it to the years before, but with everything with COVID, it's so intense that I'm working with UB Sport at the moment about how we all resume return to sport on campus, what we can do, can't do, how we'll keep people active. Um, but I presume it would have been busy this time for any sports officer. Yeah, I guess you'd expect this this bit to be the calm before the storm, but I guess you're probably already in the storm itself, you know, with with the preparation for everything it's, that's going it's on. It's the storm before the storm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if you will. It's just it's just no calm. That that sums up 2020 pretty well. <laughs> Fortunately, not no. <laughs> and then yeah, looking ahead to the upcoming year, Rob, can you just tell us about like some of the aims you have as sports officer, whether whether they include the caveat of COVID or not, and kind of maybe. What what you what kind of stuff you'd like to achieve over the next year or so where you can look back and say, kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm satisfied with the job I've done? Sure. So, obviously, one of the main things that every sports officer wants to do is encourage lots of participation in a great way. Um, and this is as true as ever. We want to keep people active in the COVID pandemic, but make it as safe as possible. And yeah. it might mean people aren't going to do the, the sports that they're used to. Um, let's say it's like a big sport where there's people mixing. They might have to try something else where it's like a tennis or something like that, that or running or something else that they can do. Um, but we just want to try to keep people active, essentially, and resume participation, making sure it's in a safe environment, working with UB Sport, like, for example, who are doing a great job with the gym at the moment, keeping people um, apart and making sure it books slots, etc. It's just working along that with safety, uh, making sure that's done safely. But apart from that, I've just, a lot of my work at the moment has been adapting my manifesto to COVID. So one of the sort of big things that I'm working with, uh, working on, is to make sport as sort of in inclusive as possible. Mm -hmm. So this is what I'm almost using the pandemic as a sort of a fresh start to rid of the bad habits of some sports that they might not even be aware of. Okay. Um, and just to create a fresh start to make sure they're as welcoming as possible. On that, I've set up a, I've already set up this thing that I've called the Inclusive Legacy Team. So I've included um, the Ethnic Minorities Officer, two trans officers, the LGBTQ Plus Officer, the Disabled Officer, the International Officer. And, may, I'm, and there may be some other, I'm, yeah. there may be some others <laughs> that come in as well. And, uh, yeah. But those are sort of the part-time officers that we want to make sport as inclusive as possible. And we're going to use this year as sort of a great new fresh start on that. Uh, and we've met before and we've on the Zoom and we've got some really great ideas. And on that note, it's working working very closely with the disabled officer as well. 
because um, she's really keen and she's got a lot of sporting sort of ideas. Um, so it's just working with her and that seems to be going really well so far. Yeah, that, um, I, think, I think that's really important, isn't it? You know, making sure that obviously the, the, the freshers coming into university this year, they're already going to feel a bit of an outcast, perhaps, as any fresh like year of freshmen, as they say, would. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's making sure that, you know, there's sport is still going ahead. You know, they've still got somewhere that they can, you know, a new team that they can join or a new sport that they can try. And I think it's really important, like you say, to make sure that, you know, everyone's involved with that. And I think it's really interesting what you said as well about people having to try new sports that they perhaps wouldn't have done. And I think that, for me, has been one of the biggest things about university is... So me being on the radio was not something that I ever expected to be doing when I when I started university. But it's been one of the best things that I have done in university. So I think definitely pushing that, you know, making sure that everyone's included, but also you know branch out a bit, try something that you ha- perhaps haven't done before. Definitely, and I I'm so happy that you know lots of students will hopefully come in and have that mindset that you have. On top of that. A lot of it will be when um, students come in about giving the equal and fair representation of all sporting clubs, regardless of their size, and sort of celebrating and praising achievement at Mm -hmm. any level, really, and just Mm recognising the hard work completed by the members of that sport. I also want to sort of improve communications between athletes with lecturers and tutors. This is something that's quite important to me, whereas sometimes like lectures can clash with training, or lecturers or tutors can not really understand the pressures that some people may face when doing sport. Yeah. Now, sport is great for, for time management, and it's really great to look forward to. But sometimes, you know, if you've got a lot of work stacking up, you know, you can sometimes feel a little bit overwhelmed, and that's natural. Um, and with any hobby, it's natural too as well, mm-hmm. or any pastime. So just creating that sort of relationship with tutors or lecturers to say, to say, oh, look, I, I might be struggling here or can you help with this? And they could signpost or just understand um, about the, the sort of commitment that people have. So I don't think that's really there at the moment. Yeah, and I think I think one thing, this sort of from politics that I found at university, is you sometimes feel like you've got three or four different responsibilities and the people in charge of those responsibilities kind of want, want your full attention at all times on that when... That's not the case. Like you've got your university work, you might play sports. Some people have a part-time job. Some people do other other things with society. So, yeah, I think it's really important what you're saying. It's just about creating that communication. And obviously, lectures on university is not the only thing you have to do. But just getting that kind of understanding that people have more than one thing going on. I guess. Yeah, you put that really nicely. I completely agree. And obviously, you want to commit as much and get the full university experience. You don't want any of them to detriment each other. So, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I, I think going to university isn't just about the degree. It's making sure you know that you try new things. And kind of on that, what can we expect from, from Bucks this year then? They've basically said for the year that we're not going to run the, the usual competitions that we do. So it's not going to be the, the relegation and the promotion mm-hmm. um, over the year. Now... They're going to attempt to do like more local leagues, right? Um, potentially involving okay. intramural competitions. Ultimately, there'll be more, especially in first term, sort of more friendly games. And there might be, in second term, some element of competition, but it might just be for a league that isn't going to promote or demote, because a lot of universities might not be able to field the amount of teams they could. 
with training, etc. Yeah, and um, I guess say in the scenario where a coach or a player is, you know, um, a star player or whatever is, is having to isolate for whatever reason, then you don't want them to be disadvantaged, do you, I guess? Yeah, and we might not be able to field the teams. And as well, it's it's the travel. So, for mm-hmm. example, our rugby team, you know, usually would travel up to Edinburgh. Things like that would probably not be as encouraged because it's long-distance transport. It's the coach. You've got to get the coach there. Yeah, It's probably going to be a lot more like local tournaments and it'd be trying to sort that out. Bucks are working really hard at the moment and mm-hmm. it's just trying to sort of balance that out. But nothing, yeah. I think it's worth saying, it's not really set fully in stone everything. There's yeah. a lot of sort of work on it. It's just not going to be what we were used to in the previous years. Yeah, and has there been any any communication on like on training? So you mentioned rugby there, which is a really good example. Obviously, that's such a high contact sport. So for sports yeah. like that, has there been any kind of discussion where it's internally or with Bucks about kind of how sports like that can operate just in training, even if they're not playing fixtures until sure. until term two, maybe? Yeah, so I think we're going to try encourage sort of safe training. Um, we've got to work with the NGB, the non-governing bodies of sport, and what they say. So, for example, with RFU for rugby, if they say you can't play rugby, then there's nothing that we can do. Yeah. But yeah. they haven't said that. There is some elements of training that you can do. So it's a bubble of, might be a, a bubble of a few, a handful of people where during that bubble you can pass a ball around, but you can, you're not allowed to mix between the bubbles. Um, it might just be fitness elements. It's constantly working with the the NGBs of um, sport and what they say. Um, a lot of sports we are trying to uh, encourage to train or encourage to keep fit and part- make their um, athletes participate, but just doing it in a safe manner. And this is easier for some sports, let's say tennis, where it's, you know, it's not really a, a big team sport, mm-hmm. um, but it might be harder for your likes of lacrosse and hockey. However, we are aware that there are going to like pre-seasons are going to be going on, but apparently they're going on so far really well, and it's keeping the distance in well. So that seems to be all positive so far. Nice. And as someone who played a bit of rugby when I was younger, I can only imagine if you if you had to say to a rugby team, especially certain positions, that they're going to have to do more fitness. But <laughs> um, I yeah, can imagine. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. A lot of a lot of faked injuries on the on the walk to train. Yeah, a lot, lot, lot of hamstrings and twisted ankles. I bet. Um, I may be guilty yeah. of that myself. Depends how hard it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully, oh, just yes, another reason to hope things get back to normal quickly. <laughs> and then, just one final question, Rob. Um, as we speak, I believe you're in the middle of doing the two point four millimeters challenge. Is that correct? We are. So that's going quite well. So that's for the the student minds. That we're working on and that's really been um sort of driven home by charlotte minter our um wealth welfare and community officer and she's done a great job on that so far with keeping track of how much everyone's done and whatnot uh so we're trying to get 150 miles which is 240,000 meters so um 240 kilometers um a long way so far so far we've we've actually beaten the target which oh, is wow. fantastic that's but we're just trying to smash it out the park, I suppose. We have until I think it's by the end of end of the week. I don't know if that's Friday or Sunday, um, and that was the goal. But we all seem to be going well. Um, it's almost got a little bit competitive between ourselves how many we can do. 
but it's um yeah that seems to be seems to be smashing out the park in that so um obviously this episode will come out after you've finished um finished doing the doing the the charity event but will st- people still be able to donate to it after listening to this episode um i would hope so i'll i'll um okay. maybe not to our direct um sort of go fund me yeah but, or, to the cause, page, but yeah. maybe to the to the cause of course um yeah. so yeah if you're listening it'd be amazing if you could donate and i'll try uh, i'll try get a bigger run in later or a big distance later to drive that home <laughs> yeah so how, <laughs> how can people go about donating to that cause then uh if you just look on um well i'll probably share it on my facebook okay um charlotte mint has got that uh she's the one who's doing a lot of the uh pages for it and sort of the summaries and on that there's always a link where it says to donate to brilliant okay um yeah we i think we look forward to um everything that you've got planned out for the rest of the year then it looks like you you know you've settled in well and uh really looking forward to watching all of your things in your manifesto i guess adapt and um come into action in in the year ahead um how can people get in touch with you if if they wanted to or needed to Sure. So the main the main one to just get in touch, it's really quick and easy, is just find my Facebook. Um, it's Rob Hegarty, and then it'll have in brackets, sports officer. Mm-hmm. And just send me a message on Facebook. That's probably the easiest way. And if not, you can message my um, email, uh, especially if you've got attachments or whatnot that you want to get through. Mm-hmm. And that's r.hegarty, H-E-G-A-R-T-Y, at guild.beham.ac.uk. Awesome. Thank you very much for joining us, Rob. It's It's been great talking to you. Thank you. I, I've really enjoyed yeah, this. Cheers, and, uh, Rob. Yeah. I hope, I can't wait to see it go, uh, people put up. I yeah. Um, good luck with the year ahead. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Okay, so that was Robert Hegarty. Uh, really great to speak to him. And yeah, a lot for us to get into. So... Just on a really broad scale, I thought he seemed really excited to get on with the role, seemed delighted that his role went beyond sport and just has a real desire to share positive sporting experiences with others. And well, obviously, that's those things are something you'd hope and expect from a sports officer. I think that this year in particular, having someone so eager to get going and what going to be demanding times is is really important. So, yeah, I thought that was great to hear. Yeah, I, I think he's very passionate about sport. You can you can tell that. And also from his... um past sporting involvement as well. He's into rugby. He's, in, he's tried out new sports like boxing. Um, so I do really think he's, he's suited for the role. Yeah, 100%. And like, like you said, Jack, he's, he's tried all kinds, of, um, all kinds of different sports. And I think what's quite good about him is that he hasn't kind of taken a year out from his degree, which plenty of sports officers do. He's, he's done his degree. He's focused on his studies. And he's chosen to stay in, in Birmingham to, to do this more sporting role. I think that's, that shows that he's really committed to this, to this role itself because he's, he's choosing to stay in Brum for an extra year. Um, I think one of the, the really interesting things that I got from, from that conversation with Rob was how he's keen for it to be a fresh start for all these sports. Obviously, the COVID world that we find ourselves in at the minute that's throwing up all kinds of unexpected changes of plans and he was saying how he wants to make, make it a, a new fresh start for all you know different people joining the university and just for the existing teams what, what do you guys think yeah I really I really like that because 
Obviously, I think we'd all agree that COVID-19 has been a negative, but <laughs> way he was kind of describing it as a fresh start, he was almost shaping it as, as an opportunity, which I think is yeah. a really good mindset to have. And also what he said about making it inclusive, trying to recognise achievements at all levels of sport, I think it's really important because you just want to encourage as many people as possible to get into sport, to enjoy it, to, to meet new people, to keep fit. So yeah, I thought I thought what he said there was really important. Yeah, I think there's no, there's no uh, there's no doubt that his job this year is um, extra difficult than it would be in normal circumstances. Um, but I think the fact he's he's approaching it head on is great and looking at the positives. There might not be loads of sport in action for like um, him to sort of manage and deal with, but he's looking at the positives about trying to get you know more people involved uh, from all backgrounds from. Um, in, in a range of different sports and I think it's great it's great for the university and the students yeah 100% and I think one of the other interesting things he said that I, that I picked up on at least is creating the, the dialogue with the lecturers and tutors and I, I think that's really important because like we mentioned in in the interview itself being at university isn't just about the degree and you guys you guys can agree with this you know you you guys write for the paper or doing this podcast for the paper as well you know I, I'm part of the radio and we find ourselves having so much more to do outside just the degree itself. So it's making sure that perhaps lecturers or, or, or tu tutors are aware of all the other commitments that we've got going at our time in university. Yeah, and I think what I thought about AIM is it might sound kind of basic, but I thought just something really doable. So I think creating that dialogue between lecturers and students, most lecturers aren't going to be horrible people who say you must be focusing on your degree your whole time at uni. How dare you go off and, and play a sport instead for a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I think where where sometimes there could be a problem is just where there's a lack of communication between the two sides. So Rob just seems to be recognising that and just by emphasising that he's going to solve what solve a problem which isn't too hard to solve but can easily go wrong if, as I say, you don't have that communication. I think you do find as well that there's... Um... People that play sports at Birmingham, even the highest level of book sport and even beyond that, but they're doing sort of very challenging degrees as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, the workload can be quite intense at times. So I think that there do, does need to be a balance um, yeah. between it and also that communication, as, as Kit says, definitely. Yeah, 100%. Because obviously you've got the Bucks games are on a Wednesday afternoon, aren't they? And I, I don't play a sport, um, at least not in a team in the university. And I kind of find that Wednesday is a really good time for me to do some of my some of my work for my degree. So it must be really challenging for for people who you know they, they've got that whole afternoon taken up with just the sport. And but not only that, you've also got training perhaps once, twice, three times a week. Yeah. You know? So it definitely does take up a lot of time. Travel it? travel to games as well. Yeah. Can't, can't, can't be quite, yeah, and I thought. I thought staying with Bucks, it was interesting to hear Rob talk about how different the upcoming year is going to be with. Mm. Obviously, a lot of Bucks has just been flat out cancelled already, which is a real shame. But hopefully there'll be some kind of local leagues, he was saying, no promotion and relegation as well. So I just think it's going to be very different for teams next year. They're not going to be playing for anything hugely tangible. There's no titles or trophies to go for. Yeah, It's just going to be kind of that that kind of old fashioned play, playing for your teammates, playing for that kind of sporting pride, I guess. Mm -hmm. We spoke to a few um, different captains, sports captains at Redbrick over the summer about this change and there was definitely a mixed reaction. Um, so some 
were you know accepting of this change, whereas some were a little bit disappointed because obviously it risks losing that competitive edge um, and promotion and and relegation at the heart of what a season's all about and the drama it all creates. So it's a, it is a shame, but you've also got to remember the circumstances as well. Yeah, obviously, and I, I think one of the main difficulties will be, I guess, perhaps trying to get new freshers in because it might be difficult to try and persuade them to join if there aren't going to be any competitive matches. But you could also spin it in terms of it might be a nice way to focus on on other things with the team. So perhaps socials a bit more, you know, where possible, or even just the fitness or finding out a new way to train, which which could lead to other positives in how, how these teams perform. But I guess one of the other things that Rob stresses is that team sports might not be possible in the, in the coming year and that people might have to try perhaps new individual sports so i've got a question for you two if you had to try a new sport this term that was a completely kind of different sport that you hadn't done what would it be well if we're going for individual and this is what i'm going to say i have done before because pretty much everyone has but i always fancy myself as quite a good table tennis player which okay. I'm sure, if, I'm sure if I actually played at university, I'd realise that is totally not true. <laughs> but it's one of those games where you always seem to be playing on holiday and I always seem to really enjoy playing it. It's obviously individual, no contact, which is perfect for the world we're living in. But yeah, yeah it, might, it would be really good fun, but it also might lead to me having my ego severely damaged by <laughs> just realising I'm not as good as I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, f- funnily enough, I tried out for table tennis um, last year and some of the players there were, you know, to a really, really high standard and sort of, I was there thinking I was some amazing table tennis player after winning like holiday competitions, you know, yeah. when, I'm, when I've been on holiday. But honestly, some of the, the standard there was really good and it was quite intense for table tennis. But I mean, you know, this is a great opportunity to start a new sport. Um, for me, um, there's a few sports I've thought about maybe giving a go. Um, one of those was golf, which obviously you need a lot of time for. So whether I'll get the time for that, maybe not. But it's something I'd like to give a go. Um, and obviously cycling as well is something I've thought mm. about. I mean, I've done a fair fair bit of that over the last few, last few months. It's really um, interesting that you, so, um, yeah. that you mentioned golf, actually, because I, I started golf about two weeks ago i'd say so as we're recording this it's, it's the start of september so kind of mid-august um I, I went to a driving range with a friend and he taught me how to play and i've been like two three times since then i'm playing golf on friday and i think that is it's kind of an interesting sport yeah it's not one that you usually find yourself getting into in, in your early 20s but have you guys <laughs> have you played much much golf kit I have not and i was just going to ask you how you cope with kind of the mental side of golf because I mean, personally, for me, I have neither the temperament nor the patience to play a game like that. As soon as, soon as I hit a couple in the water, I would just, I would just not be happy with myself, basically. So, yeah, how are you finding the, the kind of mental side of the game? Yeah, so, I mean, I've only been to a driving range so far, so I, I'll, perhaps I'll get back to you a bit more on, a, on Friday after I've been. But So I've only been to a driving range, like I said, so there's only kind of grass in front of you, so I haven't hit any, any sand pits or any, any ponds yet. But I'm not getting too frustrated with it at the minute, fingers crossed. Um, my, it's going kind of well, but I think that might be beginner's luck, perhaps. <laughs> my um, my grandparents have got quite a big garden. So my, what my granddad's done, he's um, basically done a little green in his garden. Oh, yeah. Like practice chipping, you know, shots onto. Uh-huh. So I've had a go at that. And I can tell you that golf's definitely harder than it looks. 
and I've yeah. struggled. I've struggled a bit, but obviously it's something that <laughs> that comes with time. Um, but going back to just a bit more about on what Rob said, I think one of the really interesting points that you that you mentioned, Jack, was that the quality in, in the University of Birmingham is really good when it comes to sports. So you had a bit of difficulty getting into the team with 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 table tennis, and I think what will be really interesting with this year with people having to try new sports and they're not being competitive matches is it might open up a little bit more freedom for people to join teams because it won't have to be as competitive so I tried uh, I went for squash trials in my second year but I, I didn't get in because I wasn't good enough because the players that play have you know they, they are they're really they're top quality clubs, haven't they? exactly they've been playing yeah. since they were kids so this might be a new opportunity for people to join teams that they perhaps wouldn't have got the chance to beforehand yeah and I think that's that just goes back to what Rob was saying about making sport as inclusive as possible. Mm. Like you said, um, there may be a chance to get get into a team that maybe you wouldn't get to in a normal year, but but whatever you achieve, Rob was Rob was just saying it's it's something to be celebrated. And I think that's so important when you're trying to get as much participation as possible, especially in a year where it would be very easy for people to say, Oh, do you know I'm not gonna do a sport this year? Mm. I mean I think sports can be a very daunting thing to sort of get involved with like we say the talent that's there but I think um with that pressure not being there of like the competitive competitiveness I think it will definitely open doors for people um and especially I think you mentioned it in the interview with Rob Morgan was um it's a good way of freshers meeting new people um mm -hmm. it's not going to be the easiest way to meet people with um all the restrictions in place next year so I think sport can definitely work for the good of the freshest as freshest students as well. So on the Sally Sportscast, we also want to look at West Midlands sport as a whole, as well as as well as the university sport. So in this episode, we're going to look at what's been going on in the region in the past few months or so, and look ahead um, to all the sport that we've got coming up. First off, we're going to look at the West Midlands football teams and the season ahead in the Championship and Premier League. Um, so first off, we've got West Brom. I don't know if Kit wants to take us off and talk about West Brom first. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm just really excited personally. We've now got three three of the four West Midlands teams in the Premier League. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to go and go and watch them at some point in the coming season. But yeah, as a whole, I'm really excited for that. Yeah, West Brom coming up. They kind of flopped over the line, didn't they, last few weeks of the season? Once mm. once we came back from or once the season restarted, but they've got, they've got a few players in there with some good Premier League experience. It's likewise with Slavin Bilic, good Premier League manager. Did, didn't end great with him at West Ham, but he had he had a, one, a good season or two there. Um, I definitely think they could stay up for sure. I guess that's the, that's the aim of every promoted team, just to finish 17th or higher. But I don't know, I guess I might be thinking too historically of West Brom, but they seem to be a team that's it's always going a little bit up and down, so yeah, yeah, yeah I think, see how they do. I think they definitely need a few more signings. I think they've only brought in one one player so far, which is um, Mateus Pereira, who was on loan at West Brom last season. But I think they've only signed him for just £9 million, which could be an absolute bargain and could be really valuable for the team in, in the season ahead. Um, yeah, going to, going to Birmingham City now as well, so going to the, going to the Championship... They had a disappointing end last season, finishing 20th, just two points off relegation. But they've got a new manager, so hopefully for them, things might change at some point in the future. Yeah, and 
yeah, just to go back on what I said earlier, just because Burnley are in the championship, also looking forward to watching them next season, hopefully in person. Have you guys, um, I was going to say, have you guys managed to go see Birmingham City at any, at any point during your time at university? Yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. I've been a few times. Always a always a lively atmosphere at St Andrews, that's for sure. What about you, Jack? I've been down a few times in the in the press box. It was, it was good, you know, getting the opportunity to speak to the the manager and the players there, um, and also um, getting the opportunity to watch, you know, that level of foot that, that level of football. Some of the players on show have been good at Birmingham in recent years. They had Jude Bellingham, who's obviously gone on to. Um, Borussia Dortmund now and looks a real talent so yeah yeah excellent I, I can't really relate to the football conversation that you guys are having but I guess talking about going to see um, games in the West Midlands area in the press box one of the experiences that I've had um, thanks to Burn is is going to see Gloucester play in, in the rugby and that was uh, I think was it in my second year so I've just finished my third year now so that was in, in my second year and I think the West Midlands is an interesting one for, for rugby in general because there's no Birmingham team so I guess our, our closest team is Wasps and they're actually doing pretty well this season I think there's a couple of games left in the season um, obviously as it stands as we're recording at the minute it's the start of September so we haven't reached the uh, the, the kind of playoff part of it of the season but Wasps currently set fourth so they, they're looking they're looking pretty promising at the minute although they will have to face Exeter as it stands at the minute so that's not looking too too promising for Wasps Looking at looking at Wasp and just the league more generally, it's kind of last few years it's kind of been Sar- Saracens and Exeter at the top. Mm. You know, that's going to be the final. Exeter obviously is still still away in front this year, and you'd expect them to to make the final. But it just does make it more open having one just only having one really good team rather than two. I think so. Yeah. From Wasp's perspective is just just make the top four, and then anything could happen. I'd say. Yeah, exactly. And you've also got Sale and Bristol up there, obviously neither of which are West Midlands teams. But I think you've got you've got Gloucester and Worcester. I guess we can consider them in, a, in our West Midlands sort of era, yeah, can't yeah, we? Close, um, enough. close enough. Yeah, Gloucester have got quite a disappoint- They've had quite a disappointing season this season, considering they were, what, I think third in the table last year, something like that, third or fourth. Um, but they're, they're quite way down. And then further behind them again is Worcester. So perhaps there'll be... A, a different season um, next season, hopefully. Fingers crossed that these West Midlands rugby teams can do a little bit better. Um, in terms of cricket, then, what's been going on? What's been going on, fellas, with the, in Edgbaston? Um, well, it's almost just a relief for them to to get the season going at all. Because unlike football, especially county cricket, is not one of those sports that can really really financially cope with not having any cricket played in the mm. summer. So it's just good to get going, though. From the Warwickshire perspective, it's not been too good in the Bob Willis Trophy, the, the kind of truncated Red Bull competition this season. They've they've not won a game yet. They've had completely out of the running to get to the final. But as I said, it's a shortened year. It's more about development and just getting the games on. And they've got the T20 competition as well, where anything can happen. So mm-hmm. yeah, they've got. It's it's not been a great season, but. Um, it's it's not the end of the world either. Okay, so I think that wraps it all up for episode one. I hope you've really enjoyed this episode. Uh, we, we chatted a little bit about West Midlands sport and there'll be definitely more of that coming later on in the year, obviously as the seasons start and, and games get going again with football and rugby, etc. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Rob Hegarty and be sure to, to catch the next episodes after this. We'll be joined by some more interesting guests. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Sully Sportscast with Morgan, Jack and Kit.
see you next time. <laughs>